Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, over the years, we've had roundtables. We had roundtables in observance of the passing of John Keel and Richard Hall, and even Mac Tony's, for one, Lucius Farish, and we had a cross-section guest. And one show that we haven't done yet is a roundtable about an unusual place right here in the United States, which some people call the Skinwalker Ranch. And, of course, we covered that book from George Knapp on several occasions, but now we go more in-depth. And what we're going to do on this show with Chris and I is we're going to bring on, and Chris will introduce the special guests, investigators who know what's going on. We'll explain to those of you who are not acquainted with these mysteries where we're coming from, and then we'll even answer a lot of questions that we've received from our audiences. And if you want to know how to post those questions, you go to forum.theparacast.com. That's forum.theparacast.com. We have a place there called the Question Bank. And whatever we know far enough in advance that a guest is due, we'll post a thread or topic there so you ask your questions. That's how it goes. But this is a show I'm excited about. So excited, I might just sit back and become the fly on the wall and let Chris run it. How's that, Chris? Uh, well, we'll see, Gene. Uh, we always enjoy and welcome your input, uh, obviously. Hunt for the Skinwalker, a book that was written by... You know, crack journalist from Las Vegas, George Knapp, and a microbiologist who was employed by the National Institute of Discovery Sciences, or NIDS, which is a paranormal investigation, scientific investigative group set up by shadowy billionaire Robert Bigelow, made his fortune with the Budget Suites hotel chain. NIDS bought this ranch back in 1996. I first became aware of this case in 1996, before the article that exposed it to the world uh, came out, it was written by Zach Van Eck for the Desiree News. And um, I was involved very, very early on. And 16 years later, I still feel that this could be the most important single case. It has a lot of different elements, as we'll find out you know, over the course of the show. But it is a single case. Uh, it, it, it is a location-specific uh, situation, and I still feel that this is one of the most important, if not the case, that should be focused on by investigators, and we're really going to cover a lot of ground. The basic story is pretty simple. A gentleman by the name of Terry Sherman and his wife Gwen bought a ranch, uh, I think it was in 1994, and it's located in the Uinta Basin of Utah, which is in kind of the central, south-central part of the state. And very early on, they noticed some very strange uh, events uh, were happening, including large, oversized wolves and other strange uh, animal-type forms, voices from out of nowhere, seemingly right above uh, the family's head, strange craft coming through apertures or portals that would open up in the air right in front of their house. Whenever they dug on the ranch, for instance, with backhoes, um, you know, created water uh, sprinkler systems and that sort of thing, it, it seemed to stir up activity. And uh, this particular property became too much for the family. And at one point, they, uh, they went ahead and talked to Zach Van Eck from the Desiree News, who published the now famous article about the case. And they ended up selling the ranch to uh, Robert Bigelow, who bought the ranch, moved in a whole team of scientists, and 
ostensibly they've been there for the last 16 years, uh, you know, gathering data. And very little is known about the case. The book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, written by George Knapp and Cone Kelleher, only scratched the surface. And we're going to dig a little deeper today, Gene, and really get into this case. This is, uh, I think, a really important show. Tell us about our guests. Well, we have David Weatherly, who um, I've been working with loosely here for the past couple of years. Um, loosely? <laughs> loosely. We haven't formalized our uh, our uh, investigative partnership, uh, if if I could say that. But we have both been very interested in the case. David has, has spent quite a bit of time. He lived up in Utah for a number of years, has, has created inroads with locals in the Fort Duchesne. You went to Basin area around Vernal, Roosevelt, Fort Duchesne. This is where all this activity seems to be centered. David is, has branched out. He's not only interested in the Sherman Ranch case, as we'll find out, but he's also interested in the Uinta Basin as a whole. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. The Sherman Ranch may be an epicenter of sorts, but we're going to find out from David about his investigations and what he's found out. We also have Ryan Skinner, who, relatively speaking, to the 16 years that we've known about this case, Ryan is uh, more of a latecomer, but he has spent a lot of quality time um, up at the ranch, He's um, located in Wisconsin, but he does, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Ryan, but uh, he, he spends quite a bit of time out there whenever he can. I was involved with a shoot with Ryan and uh, the Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory show with Jesse's son and Oliver Stone's son. We were there Jess in October. Sons? What happened to the fathers? They just didn't want to get involved. I don't know. We'll have to have to address that later, but... Uh, but we had a very interesting time. Uh, I finally got a chance to meet Ryan. Um, we had an interesting experience on Skinwalker Ridge, which is a, a geologic formation just north of the ranch, and, and we'll talk about that later. But, but Ryan has really done an amazing job of sleuthing around the area, documenting events that have occurred, you know, testing the <laughs> defensive perimeters around the ranch. And, and he's experienced probably as much as anyone not involved with NIDS, of course, who operate the ranch. But uh, Ryan has had quite a number of very interesting experiences, including one that we shared uh, last October. But we're also uh, hoping for a special guest who uh, shall re- remain nameless, but um, we're hoping later on to, uh, to have a, uh, a special guest who's going to share some insider insight into the case. That works for me. Chris, why don't you bring on our guests and let's start the conversation going. I guess first what we should do is for people who are not familiar with this, these cases and with the geography more than what you've laid out there, maybe some more specifics. Yeah, David, do you want to, uh, you want to start us off and give us a little bit of background? I know you've done quite a bit of research there. Um, we should talk obviously about Frank Salisbury and his very uh, important book, uh, the Great Utah UFO Display, which was uh, published in the early 70s. His uh, investigative cohort, Junior Hicks, we tried to get on the show. Um, we still might be able to do that, but but we'll have to see. Uh, why don't you start us off and give us a little background about the area. Let's talk about the Native American traditions, um, the interesting geology, uh, and that sort of thing. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks, uh, Chris and Gene. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. And... Um, yeah, this is this is an exciting show. I mean, this area is just incredible. Uh, as you stated, Chris, you know, I've done a lot of research in the region and really view the Uinta Basin uh, as something equivalent to, you know, the San Luis Valley that you've worked uh, extensively with, the Superstition Mountains in Arizona. This is, this is a paranormal hotbed 
of a wide range of activity. And it's, you know, people have to understand, if you're not familiar with Utah, first of all, geographically this region is, is bordered by mountains on the north and the uh, west, the Uinta Range in the north and the uh, Wasatch in the west. And it's up in sort of the northeast corner of Utah. It's, it's, this is a very rural area. Lots of small little towns. The, I think the largest city's town is Vernal, which I believe still has less than 10,000 people. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is ranching community. It's a lot of Native American, uh, population. And the history of the phenomena here goes back well prior to the Sherman Ranch. Um, you know, I, I first got involved in the area when I was living in, in northern Utah. Actually, got a call about a, a Bigfoot encounter that was out in that region. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast on Twitter. Check us out. David Weatherly, ladies and gentlemen, is giving us the background of what went on in this region of Utah. We've got a lot more to present here with Ryan Skinner and David, David Weatherly. Joining Gene and Gene Chris, you're in the Paracast. You know, neighbors, during the summer, it seems like almost everyone is on a different schedule. They have vacations, they have shorter days, and they work remotely. So meeting all your clients and colleagues in person can just be impossible. That's why I recommend go to Meeting with HD Faces. It lets you meet face-to-face no matter where you are this summer. Here's how it works. With GoToMeeting by Citrix, it just takes a webcam and a click to collaborate in a group HD video. You can even get an iPad app for it. How about that? Plus, GoToMeeting is so easy to use. You know, our listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. So don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com to get a free trial for just 30 days, neighbors. And don't forget that special iPad app. Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights and your hard-earned dollars by a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. 
Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner, who've investigated all these strange occurrences. And David was giving us the overview, and I wanted to have him continue in that direction. David? Sure. So jumping ahead a little bit, uh, I first became aware of the region uh, when I was called about a Bigfoot encounter in the area. So I went out to the Uinta Basin, and I started exploring, uh, met with the people who had had this encounter, and discovered that the whole area was just an, an amazing hotbed of activity, UFO sightings, a wide range of cryptid encounters, and the more I explored and started digging in with the locals and trying to make connections, I discovered uh, a lot of very strange things that go back and have Native American connections to the area. So, you know, to put this in sort of historical context, you have the Ute tribe who lives in the region. And during the white settlement, the Utes actually sided with the, with the American against the Navajos. So it created a lot of, uh, animosity between the youth and the Navajos. And over time, this just sort of grew and grew. The youth were part of uh, the forced march of the Navajos. Uh, you know, the thousands of Navajos were forced to march over 300 miles down to New Mexico. And in the course of this happening, the youth came to believe that the Navajos had cursed them. And this is the source of some of the tales of skinwalkers in the region. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what a skinwalker is, it essentially is someone who practices witchcraft in Native American terms. And in that context, this is a very evil type of magic. These people are able to shapeshift into animals. So essentially we're talking something akin to the classic werewolf of European mythology. Uh, now are we talking also about the 
shapeshifters that we have on a TV show like True Blood where they can kind of turn themselves into anything, or must it be wolves? Well, the idea of a skinwalker is that they are able to take the skin of an animal, and whatever animal they take the skin of, they're able to don this skin and literally shift into the animal. Or it, it's usually a weird version of the animal, like a bipedal coyote or uh, you know a werewolf type of image. Uh, there's also some legends that say that these skinwalkers can literally take the skin of their enemy, another person, and be able to shapeshift into that person. So they're not really bound to a particular animal, but there are you know parameters that they have to utilize. They have to have the, the physical skin, supposedly, to be able to shift into the beast. So you have to have the skin of the wolf, the skin of the sheep, before you become that creature. That's correct. Or, or genetic material as well. Obviously, uh, you're not going to take the skin of an enemy and become that enemy. Uh, nail clippings, hair, urine on mm -hmm. the ground. Um, these are the types of, of uh, substances that are utilized by skinwalkers. And if I may add, David, too, another thing that skinwalkers are allegedly able to do is if you lock eyes with one, as the, <laughs> you know, the tradition goes, they're if they want to, they can jump inside you and take over your motor functions. You, your consciousness is totally alive, but you lose all ability to to move and speak, and the skinwalker does all that for you, which sounds uh, like probably some people's worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> so uh, continue. Uh, one thing that we should add, David, too, is that the Sherman Ranch is a taboo area to the Ute. In other words, they're not allowed to go there, so... Um, you know, it stands to reason why not sell it to the white man and make make some money. But uh, this this ranch is located right smack in the middle of the uh, Mountain Ute uh, reservation. Yeah, and the ranch, you know, uh, seems to be sort of the one of the, maybe the center point of the activity in this region. I, I mean, I've investigated a lot of other areas um, away from the ranch, and it seems, and I believe that over the last several years, this uh, whatever you want to call it, whether you refer to it as a portal or, a, uh, you know, just a, a region of, of strange phenomena, I believe that it's grown a bit over the last um, 10 to 15 years. And, you know, we're seeing more activity in other regions uh, within the Uinta Basin. For instance, you know, there's Dry Fork Canyon, which some of your listeners may have heard of. It's just a very strange area. It's north of Bernal. Um, there's a park within the uh, within the canyon and there's it, it lies within the uh, national forest I believe that's the what is that the Ash the Ashland National Forest and Dry Fork Canyon is you know there are a number of stories of weird encounters uh, time loss uh, there were a pair of suicides about I think about ten years ago that were very odd that two two men about six months apart walked into the canyon, walked up on the cliff, took their clothing off and folded it into a neat pile, and then left off the cliff. Now, this happened to two separate men, six months apart, they did the exact same thing. And, you know, the authorities later found out that these two guys had dated the same woman, uh, who was a, a known meth dealer in the area. But nobody really had any explanation for the weird behavior, and, and the cases just sort of went away. But, you know, that's not the only thing that's happened in the canyon. There are reports of 
Sasquatch-like creatures in that region. Uh, there are reports of, of some type of humanoid figures akin to some people describe them like the great aliens, or you know some people say that they're uh, more like the classical little people of European mythology. Now, in terms of these cases, are these just people who report these things? Do they have any evidence in terms of samples, footprints, pictures, anything more solid than eyewitness testimony? There hasn't been a whole lot in, in Dry Fork Canyon that I'm aware of as far as you know, physical evidence. I have seen a number of uh, footprints, castings of footprints of Sasquatch-like creatures in the area. Uh, I've seen a couple of photographs of very, very large wolf tracks that, you know, appear to be a wolf-like creature walking by people. So, so I can see know, Lon Chaney Jr. as the wolf man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and some people, you know, some people will refer to these creatures um, as the dog man, which is something that recently... I just uh, I spent some time in southern Utah recently and met with some uh, Native Americans who had relatives that live up in the Uinta Basin, and they gave me a, a pretty fascinating story about uh, essentially a dog man sighting in the Roosevelt area. And so, you know, is this that like a man with the face of a dog? Yeah, it's a, it's a bipedal creature that appears to be. Uh, have canid features, you know, so sort of like a sort of werewolf. like the TV show Grimm, where all these people suddenly change their faces to look like some kind of hideous animal. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Uh, David, I, I love the story in Hunt for the Skinwalker, where uh, this dogman type creature or something similar to it was was spotted, and it was observed. Uh, standing, I think, against uh, leaning against a, tr- a tree, smoking a cigarette, if I remember <laughs> right. correctly. Are you sure it was a regular cigarette and not a funny cigarette? We have Chris <laughs> O'Brien. We're joined by David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner, who will have more to say in a moment. We're talking about what's going on in and around the Skinwalker Ranch. More surprises to come. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material, like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood, and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com. With Gene and Chris here in the Paracast, we've been talking a lot with David Weatherly. Ryan Skinner is also with us, a fellow investigator. We'll have more to say momentarily. Chris, you were spelling out a scenario there that I interrupted you for because the creatures who run those commercial carts have to have their say. Well, we've had actually some fairly recent uh, rumors, uh, if you will, stories fairly well established. Quite a number of witnesses uh, have been involved in a number of these dogman sightings, including one instance where this creature was seen uh, to leap uh, between houses. Uh, it was on the rooftops, and it was actually leaping 20, 25 feet between houses. Oh, I hate to say this. Leap one house with a single bound. 
or from one roof to another roof. You know, we uh, we're hoping our mystery guests might uh, might put a little bit more uh, light on on this particular subject. But but you know, it, it, this is very difficult now. Now we have to remember that NIDS, the National Institute of Discovery Sciences, has been on the ranch almost sixteen years, or just over sixteen years. And except for the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, the, we haven't seen the investigative community has not seen any data, any sorts of uh, revelations from NIDS about what is going on on the ranch, what they have personally uh, witnessed up there, the kind of data that they've collected. None of these things have come out. So we, we're basing a lot of what we're talking about on qualified uh, leads, you know, in some sense, uh, personal testimony, secondhand testimony. Law enforcement in the area has been involved in a number of cases, as, as David will probably uh, talk about here later. But um, this is some pretty compelling stuff here. Uh, the variety and intensity of unusual phenomena that have been reported in this area, I think, are unrivaled anywhere except maybe a place like, like you mentioned, David, the San Luis Valley or, or uh, a few other places. What about the Native American tradition as it relates to, to the ranch? What, what has your research found? Well, there's quite a few aspects to that. One is, uh, as you stated earlier, Chris, this is uh, a taboo area for the Native Americans. So, you know, it's very possible they did intentionally unload it on the white man. Uh, some of that goes back to <clears throat> the conflict between the Utes and the Navajos. And By uh, the way, I want you to explain the name of that Indian again, because people listen to that and they think you're from Brooklyn and you're talking about Utes. <laughs> I'm serious. Ute is spelled U-T-E. It is the Native American tribe that lived in that region well before the white settlers, and it's actually where Utah derived its name as from that tribe. There are several branches of the Utes. There's the northern Utes, the southerns, uh, and some of them have slightly different names, but they're all uh, all related to the Ute tribe. And one thing we must uh, also note is the Utes were a nomadic people. They ranged throughout the whole Four Corners region, north of Mm -hmm. Four Corners, and um, they they weren't settled in pueblos like let's say the Zuni or or the Hopi. They had a vast range that went from California um, almost to the Midwest, and then from around the uh, around the Four Corners region north all the way up through Utah, parts of Colorado. They've been obviously uh, in the last hundred years. They've been sort of relegated to uh, a series of reservations that are actually widely spaced apart. There's the southern Utes in uh, southwestern Colorado and the mountain Utes uh, who are north up in the Uinta Basin. And, uh, and these people, you know, they, they're stuck now in, on these reservations, um, but they used to be nomadic. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Chris. And I also would add, not that I want to go into a whole lot of history lesson, but there's Something unique about the Utes that I've found, I've worked with a lot of Native American people around the country, and one curious thing historically about the Utes was that they often would ally themselves with uh, against other Native American tribes. For instance, as I stated earlier, they joined with the uh, Americans against the Navajo when that conflict was going on. Uh, they also banded together with the Mormons when the Mormons were in conflict against the U.S. government. So, you know, I, I think it just adds a, a little bit of a different aspect to the whole cultural mix in Utah. Utah is unique anyway because of the native tribes and, you know, the, the Mormons sort of have their own, almost their own culture. And, 
it, it really blended into the whole mystique of the area and the unusual uh, atmosphere and interrelations between all those peoples. You know, when you start looking at this region, I mean, we haven't even talked about the uh, the sightings of the little people, really, in this in the Uinta Basin, which is something that fascinates me. And I mean, we're we're talking what a lot of people commonly refer to as fairies. You know, most people when you say that word, they immediately think of, of the Celtic lands, Ireland and Scotland. A lot of people don't realize that uh, North America, the native tribes had a lot of native tribes had traditions of these small little beings that live uh, sometimes in caves, sometimes up in the mountains. And when you start examining that mythology, it's very similar to uh, European mythology of little people. You know, they're often spotted dancing in circles. They supposedly will play music to lure people uh, into their area. They're very mischievous. And there are modern stories of people citing these diminutive people in the Uinta Basin. It sounds to me like American leprechauns. Yeah. 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 Well, if you go to Dulce, Gene, for instance, one of the most commonly seen and uh, one of the least uh, talked about phenomenal events that happen up there are sightings of small, hairy dwarves that have even been seen jumping from car to car in the casino parking lot at one point. You know, this this is a, an area of cryptozoology, if you will, or uh, paranormal investigation that, that really doesn't get very much mention out there in the media. Uh, a lot of investigators uh, don't want to talk about reports that they get of this kind. But in the San Luis Valley, I mean, I've had leprechaun reports, uh, too, within uh, a week and a half, two-week period, and also trooping fairies, a group of seven, eight, nine fairies trooping a- across a guy's studio floor. And before they went through the wall, like it wasn't there, the last one turned around and gave the uh, the owner of the studio a dirty look before he disappeared through the wall. So go figure. There's a lot ever of talk. Do these creatures ever interact with humans or what? I've never had a report of one uh, interacting except uh, you know a dirty look. Well, that's <laughs> I don't know that's about an you. Interaction. David, Maybe they don't like our <laughs> politics or they don't like our TV shows. Maybe well, they don't he like got the way TV shows portray them. Well, he got the impression that, that that they were just on their you know their regular path, and the studio had been built in the way, and they had to kind of go through it. It was almost uh, like you know you're making us go through walls. You know how dare you? That was the kind of impression he got. Encroaching yeah. on their territory. That that usually seems to be the case with those types of sightings. Uh, the only place you know there's a region in the northeast, uh, Massachusetts, where you hear a lot of uh, tales about the puck wedges. And these are little people that are, are very uh, trickster-like. And, you know, occasionally you'll get reports from that region of, of these things interacting uh, with humans. But it usually, as Chris is saying, in, in all the areas I have found, it always seems as if uh, these little people are, are just offended that, you know, the, uh, that we've intruded into their space or we've interrupted something. You know, there are sightings in the incubation where people have uh, – it was a group of campers uh, that, you know, Three people witnessed this uh, group of what they describe as little people around you know, two and a half to three feet tall dancing around in a circle. And, you know, this went on for, for maybe 30 seconds, and one of the little people suddenly turned and looked at these campers and just, you know, a completely rude, irritated look. How dare you be eavesdropping? And they were just gone. Don't rain on their parade. <laughs> the lament of the fairy, the lament of the leprechaun. 
the lament of the little people. <laughs> you know, Ryan, like, Ryan, uh, you've spent quite a bit of time up there in the in the last few years. Uh, have you encountered any reports of uh, diminutive uh, humanoid types? I've come across reports, yeah, and slight interaction with humans, pretty similar to what Dave's talking about. Um, one of, there's a couple different reports. Uh, one that comes to mind is one of the local natives was telling me a story how, as a child, he was uh, outside playing in Fort Duchesne. I'll tell you what, we'll and, hear about uh, this childhood experience cited by Ryan Skinner. We have David Weatherly also joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag... All sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. In this unpredictable world, disaster can strike anyone. That's why an essential part of any emergency survival plan must be stove in a can. When power goes out and gas lines are down, the portable, safe, easy-to-use stove in a can cooks food up to four hours and boils water in as little as five minutes. Stove in a can comes with everything you need. The stove, fuel, even waterproof matches, all in a compact, durable, heavy-duty container. Plus, the all-natural, non-explosive, 100% waterproof fuel source can be stored indefinitely. Say goodbye to the hassle and danger of propane, lighter fluid, or gas. Stop Stock up now and protect your family with Stove in a Can, starting out at $29.99. Special bundle offers now available with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Order yours today at StoveInACan.com. That's StoveInACan.com. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. 
You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. com believes, as the Declaration of Independence states, that our rights come from God, not from government. The only lawful purpose of any government is to protect and secure the rights of the people, and no man or government has the authority to take what has been given to us by God. Among these rights are life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. And America's government has ceased to be the protector of liberty and of the people's God-given rights. But we the people can return America to greatness if we are willing to stand up and reassert our stolen rights. We ask that you join Utopia Silver in changing America's course in history. To save on health care and improve your health, call Utopia Silver at 888-213-4338. For a limited time, new customers will receive 50% off all colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. Hi, this is Ted Phillips, listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we're hunting for the skinwalker in our own way, with a special roundtable about that unusual region of Utah. Our guests include investigators David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner. And Ryan, you started to tell us a story about what someone told you happened when he was a child. Yeah, on my forum, uh, I was speaking with one of the local natives, and he told me as a as a child he was outside playing, and he was pretty surprised. And as he came across a group of what he described as, he didn't describe them as little people or aliens. He described them as a that's a proper term, but midgets is what he used to me. And he said there was a group of about four or five of them, and they were kind of dancing around, real jovial, and. Uh, they didn't speak, uh, they spoke a language, but he couldn't understand what the language was. And they, they invited him uh, to come over and play with them. So they spoke and, uh, a language. A, they were speaking a language, but uh, it was unfamiliar to uh, the witness. Okay. And as he came over to play with them, his father came outside and recognized what was happening. And apparently this is familiar to uh, some of the natives and uh, pulled him away promptly from, from participating in whatever function they, they were doing. Now, that's an interesting question that I kind of think is implicit in what you said. Is it just a father's concern, or do these little creatures have a habit of taking people away with them? You know, I can answer that one, Dean, because uh, Ryan's story, uh, Ryan story is very interesting in that part of the lore of these little people in that region is that they will take away unattended children. He did tell me that. Yeah. yeah I so, wandering around. It definitely fits in with that. That's all I know of the story. It uh, it ended at that point. Uh, they left. Are there any other similar stories that you can report? Father, his father was really concerned about, uh, similar to what Dave was saying, that this wasn't necessarily a, not necessarily a positive experience, more of a concerning one for his father. There's oh, the yeah, we should... also report that there's these ant mounds out there, and they're shaped like ant mounds, and they claim that smoke comes from some of these, and they avoid on them. Um, I, I don't quite understand how how this all comes together, but these mounds are supposedly the homes or the portals to where these uh, little people reside in. So, on my own adventures and escapades out there, I, I myself try to try to steer clear of some of these. 
and and they are out there. I'm not sure what they are. The version I've heard of that is that these little people live underground, and that those formations are essentially uh, like a chimney for their yeah. homes underground. Well, let's start digging, Gene. Oh yes. <laughs> you know, Chris, I think we should raise this point: the fact that the property over there is owned by Bob Bigelow. That kind of means that information goes in but doesn't go out. Isn't that uh, an understatement? You know, I, I might be partially responsible for that. When when I went up and... Oh? And, <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately. I, I was asked by Zach Van Eck, the writer of the original story that exposed the case to the world uh, back in July 96. He... As the story was getting ready to come out, he asked me to contact Terry Sherman and try to help him out. The guy really needed to talk to somebody that had some sort of experience dealing with these types of phenomenal events. And we're talking crypto creatures, UFOs, cattle mutilations, weird, just weirdness off the scale. And so I, I, I took you know the 450 mile trip up there and you know spent an afternoon with him and. One of the things that, it, that that really struck me was his sincerity. The guy was just came across like a, a you know a true blue salt of the earth kind of guy. He he actually downplayed some of the experiences. I think uh, to me, he he was embarrassed. Um, he was kind of off shucks about it, and uh, it really struck me as as being very uh, very forthright and honest and. You know, he said at one point before I was getting ready to leave, he said, look, you know, I, I'm not sure if I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid for my family. Um, I'm afraid for their safety, and I'd really like to sell this place, but I don't know if I could sell it. Do you know anybody that would buy a place like this? And I said, there's only two people I know, Lawrence Rockefeller and this guy, Robert Bigelow. And uh, I went ahead and gave him the phone numbers uh, for these two gentlemen. And before he had a chance to call, he I think he called Rockefeller, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, was unable to get through to him. But before he was able to call Bigelow, Bigelow called him because he had seen the article come, you know, that came out in the Desiree News and instantly swooped in on the uh, on the, the whole affair and ended up, you know, making him an offer that Terry couldn't refuse. Everybody had to sign non-disclosure agreements. Uh, anybody that has anything to do with NIDS in that ranch uh, is sworn to secrecy. Uh, it's it's a black hole where nothing comes out, basically, not even light. Um, the fact that uh, you know Comb Kelleher and George Knapp were able to write a book and uh, get a few you know important points wrong in terms of dates and times of events. Can you uh, be more specific about what's wrong so our listeners understand? Well, one of the most uh, amazing events that happened on that ranch, I happened to be on the phone with Terry when the event occurred. I literally was talking to him on the phone, and he was describing these blue uh, grapefruit-sized uh, glowing uh, orbs. that were uh, One was flying around his corral outside of his house. He was watching it as he was talking to me. It checked out his horses. Then it went and checked out his wife, and he kind of freaked out. It flew up and around uh, by his um, by the farm light that was there. All the lights dimmed, and then it took off into the woods. And his his ranch dogs, you know, who were very alert during this whole uh, sequence of events, uh, just couldn't contain themselves, and they went chasing after it out into the woods that were a couple three hundred yards away. And Terry said, "Look, my my dogs just took off. I got to call you back." And he hung up. 
And I think the next day when I talked to him, he said uh, he, he had gone out and found what he described as three grease piles where his dogs had been melted by some sort of energy. Now, when you read the account in Hunt for the Skinwalker, I think, and I don't have the book in front of me, but I think they claim that this happened in April of 95. And according to my, my database and my, my you know investigative log, this happened in August of 96. So it, it just it just kind of brings up a, a, a bit of a question in my mind about how accurate some of the data is in the book. I know uh, George uh, very well for years. Uh, I've talked and in, in, in loosely worked with uh, Colm uh, as well. And I do trust these guys, but I just wonder why there were only four people named in the book on the record, why there's no photographs, no, no data presented, uh, no information that we can sink our teeth into except for fairly frightening stories. Uh, so in answer to your question. I have a comment on that. This is Ryan. Um, what concerns me is uh, at the end of the book, they kind of make the point that uh, the case is closed. The activity uh, was rolling to uh, to an end and time to move on. You know, the, the NIDs have moved on and, and that the investigation just uh, had stopped. And I, I think yeah. that's the role where, where I play is, is the investigation. The phenomenon by no means has... Uh, has stopped. Perhaps it's not as uh, active as it was at that exact time, but uh, we, uh, me and other researchers have, have found quite the opposite. Also, there's there's a just a whirlwind of different myths surrounding the ranch uh, based on based on the book, and I kind of highlighted a few of them. I don't know if you want to go into any of these or. Well, why don't you go through a couple? We have about a minute left for the segment, but why don't you go through be- some now, and then we'll go in our next segment with some more. I'll just highlight a couple of these, and whichever ones you'd like to discuss. Um, I have a little bit of input, and I'm curious myself on some other other ones. There's uh, one big myth is that there's a Masonic Masonic symbol that's etched into somewhere on Skinwalker Ridge or on the property. Another is that the paranormal activity of the dead spirits of the Buffalo Soldiers, which is a whole separate topic, who were in the area at that time, supposedly fighting the, the youth. Um, let's see... Uh, you can't dig on the property. That there's a, there was a clause that you can't dig on the property, and that was must be because there's an underground base or some other reason. Uh, but there's but no these are all myths. Pri- this is not something that we take seriously. It's just what people are saying. These are all rumors and myths, and, and the book perpetuated some of these um, that haven't gone answered. And, and Frank Salisbury himself has addressed some of these. And new information I found has disputed some of his findings. See that there's a Indian burial ground um, on top of the ridge. Some of these are true. Some are. Uh, Junior Hicks, uh, the local historian in uh, Roosevelt, and a school teacher who's collaborated some of these stories uh, for years and years prior to uh, the, the story coming out regarding Skinwalker Ranch, claims that he found uh, rods, fuel rods or something from uh, apparently from a close encounter after a cattle mutilation. Another interesting story. Uh, the the basin is uh, home to the only deposit of Gilson I've known in the world. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more myths and realities. We have Ryan Skinner. We also have David Weatherly. And we'll have a special guest joining us just a little bit later. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with Gene and Chris in the PowerCast. We're hunting for the Skinwalker in a different way with David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner. We're not withholding information. We're presenting what we know. Any more myths before we move on? Uh, I'll previously go through a few more of these. That the uh, let's see that the basin is well, not, these aren't necessarily myths, but they're interesting topics that are highly disputed. Uh, that the basin is the has the highest amount of pollution, the, the highest amount of ozone in the entire uh, world, the second highest amount in the entire world. That occurs right there in the basin, and the ranch is right in the center of it. Um, that a member of the NIDS team was killed on the ranch. Finally, the bulletproof uh, wolf was dis- uh, disputed. Uh, I believe that story was disputed by Frank Fels, but I could be wrong on that. And and what concerns me the most as an investigator is that, uh, and the, the myth I wish to dispel the most, most is that the ranch is no longer active, which is simply not the case, not even remotely. One of the things we're going to do as we progress, we have loads of questions from our listeners at forum.theparacast.com. And Chris, maybe as we progress here, why don't you look through the questions and see if things are relevant to the topics that we want to discuss. Let me ask you the outside question because this is the one that weighs heavily on people interested in UFOs. Do we have lots of UFO cases in that region? Absolutely. Even uh, even recently, you know, occasionally we'll get these reports of uh, UFOs 
diving into uh, Bottle Hollow Reservoir, you know, there are constantly reports of strange lights in the sky, uh, triangle-shaped UFOs, and, of course, the you know, a lot of reports in the, on the ranch itself or from the ranch area itself that Ryan can probably talk about uh, that have occurred recently. Yeah, geez, Ryan and I had a pretty interesting sighting in October, which when you look at the width and breadth and scope of the sightings that have occurred there, I mean, it was, you know, it was nothing really to write home about, but it was interesting that uh, they were able to catch it on camera. Why don't you give uh, us some blow-by-blow accounts that you personally experienced, Ryan? One of the first times I, I came out to the ranch, and this was really what got me to sink my teeth into, into this hot spot over any other place I've ever investigated, was uh, as we were driving out to uh, a main location near the ranch, uh, we began to set up, me and a few other investigators began to set up camp. And the light, or the, uh, the moon started to come up, uh, the sun went down, it came dusk. And right about that point, you know, you're getting an eerie feeling. The, the place, in, the basin in general just gives a, a unique vibe to it. But, uh, as we're settling in, suddenly these, uh, red, blue, and white, almost like police lights start flashing on the, uh, the mesa roughly about 300, 300 feet from us, right behind it. And uh, you know, we're kind of in unknown territory. This is my first time out there. I don't know if I've trespassed at this point or whose property I'm on or what, what's going on. I, I assume that, that the police are there. And uh, living out of state, I'm pretty concerned at that point as to what's going to happen next. And uh, we're just, uh, the whole group's just sitting there in anticipation, waiting for an officer to come out and tell us what to do. And nobody, nobody comes out. No car comes around the corner. I mean, this is only 300 feet away from us, right, right beyond, beyond the hill uh, next to us. Um, and we're kind of looking at each other confused. Are we supposed to, are we supposed to go up to them? Um, what's the, what's the procedure here? Are we actually in trouble? And uh, suddenly the lights, uh, they're doing this for about, about three to five minutes. The lights all turn off. And this uh, robotic voice comes over what sounds almost like an intercom. And it's speaking this language. <coughs> None of us have ever heard, as if a, as if a robot was talking in some unknown language, and uh, it's barking out. Not really, I guess, instructions or I don't know what. I, it's, I couldn't. None of us could recognize what what was being said. And uh, right immediately after that, uh, no more voice, no more lights. You couldn't hear a, an engine. I mean, you're out there in the desert. There's no there's no uh, houses. It's a really rural, uh, unpopulated region. No roads where the lights were either. Uh, pardon me? Yeah, there was there was no roads leading to where the what we assumed was a vehicle um, could have been. I mean, there would have have to have been headlights to get out to that point. So we get a little bit more uh, curious at this point, and uh, we walk up to the spot, walk behind the the hill, and there's not even tire tracks. I mean, it, it is desert out there, so anything would leave footprints, uh, tire tracks. There's no car, nothing. I mean, at least it would have to turn around and drive away. And uh, that was that was my very first experience at the ranch. Pretty excited after that. Now we have another guest who's joined us. He'll be here for a little while. Chris, tell us about this insider's source. Well, we, we have Chip on the line, and uh, I think, Gene, this is the first time someone that has been directly involved with the uh, Sherman Ranch has come forward publicly and 
agree to talk about some of their experiences uh, while up in that area. And uh, Chip, welcome uh, to the Paracast. We really appreciate you uh, being on the show. It's good to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, you know, you are in a very awkward position, obviously, uh, by, you know, having an affiliation with this particular, you know, incredible case. Why don't you give us a, a thumbnail of uh, your involvement and uh, kind of give us a sense of what's been going on up there uh, over these past few years? Uh, well, I was actually at the ranch uh, there for approximately eight weeks on and off, uh, two weeks at a time. And, uh, you know, it's it's a very strange place to be, especially if you've never been out there. I'm sure there's some listeners that haven't been out there. But um, obviously there's a lot of folklore that goes on with, uh, you know, the Indian tribes that are out there and everybody, you know, is superstitious. But um, I, I didn't believe any of it when I went out there for the first time. And nothing really happened the first time. And I was like, okay, nothing's going on here. And then uh, I went a couple more times and I just started noticing things like in my back, like I would have something in a specific place and then I would go back and it wouldn't be in that specific place. And I thought I was going crazy, but it just, things would be moved around all the time, and I couldn't explain it. So, you know, it's just little things like that that would happen. And also, I know of an incident, like, had a stereo that was off, unplugged, and it turned on. Turned on, unplugged, didn't have a battery supply. No batteries, nothing. Just like a regular um, one that you get from, like, a Walmart, you know, Sure. Like one of those hundred and fifty dollar ones that you plug in and got the CD player and all that stuff. Let me ask you a quick question, Chip. I don't know how much information you want to give us or reveal, but mm-hmm. how did you happen to get to the ranch? Were you working there? Or what? Yes, I worked there at the ranch. Okay, this is for this period, but you're no longer working at the ranch, are you? No. Okay. No, none of the none of the people that I worked with. None of us work there anymore. Okay, so They've you had a chance to talk with other out. people and get some insights from them? Yes. So, and we originally, like, when we would go up there, we were based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. is where we were actually hired from, where we lived. They would fly us out there for two weeks at a time. But um, they stopped flying us because the people at the airport, the TSA agents, knew who we were by, um, you know, looking at our driver's license and our IDs and all that, but by what we are carrying, because we are carrying uh, sidearms, and we had it loaded in the bag, so they knew that we had us, and they knew where we were going. They were telling people that when, and when we weren't there, so they stopped having us fly out there and started uh, getting a rental car from Las Vegas, and we took a rental car from Las Vegas to the ranch. What kind of trip is that? Yeah, that's that's a hike. That's six hours or something. Yeah, eight eight hours, wow. eight hour drive. So why yeah. why were you armed on the ranch? Well, they said to deter anybody that comes on the ranch, but I I don't necessarily believe that. You know, it's anybody can be deterred. People know they're not supposed to be there. You know, you don't need a gun to deter somebody. I'll tell and you what, not, we're not going to be deterred by our sponsors if I don't do this. We have okay. the Sherman Ranch insider himself, 
His name is Chip, with David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SCENE1, S-E-E-N number 1, SCENE1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crises. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMPBAG when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a Country Living Grain Mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 
Quality Garlic Cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Alley C. For more information and to order Alley C, call 877-888-7126 or go to GarlicHealthProducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or GarlicHealthProducts.com. Fight back with Alley C. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we've been talking to David Weatherly, Ryan Skinner, and now an insider, an insider story from Chip. So, Chip, you're saying is that you opted to have a firearm, but you didn't have to. You didn't feel you had to? No, or? no, no. no. It, it was required of oh, us okay. to have a firearm. Okay, so as part of the gig, you have to have a firearm, but you weren't clear about why. Yeah, they, they said it was, you know, for protection in case anybody came on the, the ranch or anything, but you don't need a sidearm out there to, if anybody comes on the ranch. It's not like somebody's coming to to hurt you or steal anything there like as far as people coming to look at the ranch they're just curious and want to know what's going on just like everybody else so you don't really need a handgun for protection so I think it was for something else in case I'm not saying that there is a skinwalker or there isn't a skinwalker but you know I'm thinking it's more along the lines for that now, and, let me um, ask you a another, question here without revealing information about you, which I don't want to do. You're mm-hmm. keeping your identity secret, which we respect. Do you feel there would be negative repercussions if you were known as to who you really are? Oh, absolutely. No doubt in my mind. We were required to have a secret security clearance for this. No, yeah, security I mean, clearance being what kind? Military? Military. Okay, so you're telling us something of your background by not telling us. We were all required to have have a security clearance, every single one of us that were hired. Well, I have a question for you, uh, Chip. I found out in 2004, through the grapevine, somebody who was um, associated with one of the people that were in monitoring the ranch uh, over these last few years, and... They had heard a rumor while on a trip in London that there had been some sort of altercation between security personnel and some sort of paranormal or alien or, or weird, uh, very aggressive beings. After doing quite a bit of digging, coming up with some uh, potentially collaborating information, I think ID the time period around the summer of 99. Did you hear of anybody getting hurt or even killed up there, um, security personnel? who are involved in monitoring activity on the ranch and, and keeping uh, curious onlookers uh, off the ranch. Uh, did you ever hear rumors of this? No, I didn't. They didn't, uh, they didn't give us any information about the ranch at all when we went to work up there. They just said, you're doing security, you'll patrol at night, and you'll keep people off this property. We got no insight. They just said there may, you know, they made us carry around cameras and night vision and thermal, Imagers, they say allegedly to catch intruders, they had us carry a camera. So if we felt anything different in our body, any chill, like any just anything, like, you know, the hair goes up in the back of your neck, 
stop immediately, scan with the thermal imagers, the night vision, and take pictures because there's an unexplained energy out there. But that's Ooh. all they gave us. That's all okay. they said. Well, that brings up an interesting, uh, interesting question here. When you took pictures, did anything ever come out? I never really got anything. Like, we got these things, they called orbs in the picture, but they, they said those were balls of energy. But I, I don't know if I, how much I believe if those orbs were energy or not. It, it, I don't know, because I did some research on it, because obviously I was curious into what they were having me do out there. I thought maybe it's, you know, like the dust and uh, pollen particles that are in the air that are causing these so-called orbs that are in the pictures. Did you take a series of pictures and have orbs in some and not in others within quick succession? Yes, I did. And that's that's where I'm getting with that. I thought maybe it could be the dust and pollen in the air. And then I concluded it couldn't have been because I would take several pictures, sometimes 25 pictures once I felt something like that. And there would be pictures that were one right after the other. One would have, you know, a couple hundred orbs in them. And then the other one, nothing at all. Completely just black. Well, uh, Chip, one thing I've heard um, uh, through some of my sources uh, in the area is that there was something called the Orb Project and that the the people managing the ranch and supervising personnel like yourself uh, were aware of some sort of correlation between these uh, orbs showing up in photographs and other activity that was occurring on the ranch. Did you ever see a correlation between the appearance of these orbs in your photographs and then subsequent uh, strange events? Not really. I would just feel feel weird. I didn't really have too many weird things happen like while I was actually out walking, but, you know, it's, it's kind of creepy out there walking by yourself with a dog. They, they have you walk with a dog, and you're out there in the middle of the night by yourself freezing, and it's pitch black. So, you know, it's, your mind can play tricks on you either way, but I can't really think of a time where I actually had a direct correlation with the orbs and then something strange happening right after seeing the orbs, something strange, and then the orbs appear. Now, these dogs, were these standard police dogs? No, they weren't. They were just regular household dogs. They didn't have any training, which I guess they didn't want dogs that had training because it could affect how they sense things. I don't know. That brings up a really good point, uh, Chip. Uh, Were you ever out there with the dogs and they became an early warning uh, detection device where they would respond to something that you couldn't perceive? Or did you ever have any animal reactions in that that regard? Yes, there were times where the dogs would just start barking or would just lay down on the ground. So then I just started taking pictures because I didn't feel anything at all when that was happening. And then I take pictures. And a lot of the times when a dog would do that, there would be the orbs in the in the pictures. And you say lay down on the ground in fear or just laying down? Uh, on their back, rolled over on the back. Ah, oh, okay. That strikes me well, as interesting. a yeah. move of surrender. Yes. Yeah, I'll say yeah. like, leave yeah. me alone. Don't mess yeah, like, with don't, me. Yeah, don't, like don't hit me anymore. I didn't mean to poop on the carpet. <laughs> so what about rumors from other uh, security personnel or, and scientists up there? I mean, did you have interactions with the scientists? Were they forthcoming about some of the events that had happened in the past, or did you do any digging on your own? The scientists only came up there one time, and um, I don't know about these guys. They're supposed to, you know, have these doctrines and all stuff. I don't know. They just didn't seem like they really didn't. I think, like, they were just there to collect a paycheck, and Bigelow said, (laughs) go out there and do this, and that. that's that's, seriously, it's pretty much like they were playing slap and tickle. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So going through the motions, going up there, going, oh, God, we got to drag our butts up here uh, and put in our time to collect our paychecks. By so, the way, ladies and gentlemen, that strange noise you're hearing is not E.T. landing. We're talking to Chip on a mobile device. I've heard a couple of rumors. This is Ryan. I've heard rumors that there was uh, some pretty high-ranking uh, military people that had come out to the ranch that had gotten spooked by something that they saw out there. And also uh, prevalent rumors was that uh, the security personnel was, or anybody at the ranch, uh, researchers were urine tested after they had any kind of encounter out there. I didn't know if there was any truth to that rumor or, or if the special guest had heard anything regarding that. That was a loaded okay, question. Okay, um, as far as the, uh, the high-ranking military people, yes, they were out there. They weren't out there during my stay. I actually heard about it through the grapevine. I'll tell you what, we'll get they were out for the there. grapevine and other stuff uh, coming. Chip. We're talking to Chip with David Weatherly, Ryan Skinner, and Gene and Chris. A big special roundtable. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar-powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. 
Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent. After 22 years of nutritional counseling, I've witnessed that a lot of illness can be linked to toxins and deficiencies combined. Improving your liver function and restoring your cells' ability to detoxify is essential to achieving radiant health. Listen to the real-world results of Doug and his wife after taking One World Way. My name is Doug Didero. For years, I had an ongoing rash with itching around my eyes. This was due to metal dust particles landing on my face in the workplace. After being on One World Way for two weeks, I began to have a severe rash and itching sensation around my eyes. This rash and itching lasted for five weeks and is now 100% gone. Additionally, without extra exercise, I've also increased my muscle size and my wife has lost weight and gained a more attractive figure. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned in to the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? There's Gene and Chris. We've got Chip. He's a Sherman Rants insider. He worked there handling security and has some things to tell. Of course, we can't release his real name. We also have David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner. We've got more questions of Chip. Or you want to answer that one that you started in the last Oh, episode. yeah, yeah. The high-ranking military people, they did come out. I can't remember the exact. I know one of them was a general, and uh, there was three others, and there was a female, but I don't remember their ranks. I don't know their names. They didn't come out when I was actually out there. I heard it about some other guys. But um, I don't know what exactly happened. Nobody really was told what exactly happened, but... There was an incident, and the military people freaked out. They wanted to be escorted off the property immediately, so they left. I don't know what the incident was. I know they freaked out, every single one of them. Freaked out in fear or what? In fear, and they wanted to be escorted off the property immediately, which with people being in the military, you know, you do have training, so you're not just some average, you know, Joe, like, scared of the boogeyman, you know, going to come after me. So, something so we're talking happened. about a military person freaking out. That's itself yeah. a bit of a freak out. Mo- multiple military people. It wasn't just one. It was multiple. So, I, I don't know what they saw, but they saw something. And uh, they weren't too happy about it and didn't want to be there anymore. So, the other question was regarding the if there was a urine test ever done after... Researchers would have some sort of encounter. Um, it's another rumor that I came across. Yes, they did re- uh, urine tests to us. Uh, if we saw anything, if there was uh, pictures and there was multiple orbs and we felt something like, you know, a cold feeling or just like 
felt something different, you know, like I was telling you about how we had to take pictures and see if there was the orbs in the pictures. Did that. It was in your report. They made you uh, do a, a pee test. You had to pee in these little jars, and then you had to bring them back with you when you went back down. Back down after your two-week stay, you had to bring it back down to Las Vegas, where they had their little um, their little lab, and they did what I don't know what they did with it, but they did whatever with it. They did their thing with it. Don't think they were making martinis. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> which uh, which brings me to another thing. They also um, had some guys after they went to the, there was a few guys that went to the ranch, and then there was a few that hadn't been to the ranch yet. They sent you guys that paid for the trip to Reno on a weekend, paid for the facility to be open, and get brain scans on all the individuals. You mean MRI? MRI, yes. And oh, they would not wow. let you. They would not let you look at it. They said the only information you will get is if you have a brain tumor or something life-threatening. You know, wrong with your brain, then they'll they'll give you some information on it. But it seems peculiar that they, that like, they would believe there was some reason to fear a brain tumor. So you're still alive, no brain tumor. Well, you're almost yeah, no, no brain tumor. Biological connection to, to what's going on, that, that whatever they witness or experience makes some sort of physiological altercation to the witness, and they're, I mean, just me theorizing, but uh, that, that would be my guess, either that or a drug test, one of the two. Well, what did you think of, of this type of scientific uh, interest in security personnel and others who are on the ranch? I mean, did you ever ask any questions? Uh, what, do you, what do you think they were looking for? Um, give us your thinking on that. It's directed towards Chip. Yes, Chip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What were they looking for? I'm not too – I don't know. Something uh, – Something not normal, something something out of the norm, definitely, as far as, I don't know if I want to take paranormal. Yeah, I don't know. But it was definitely something, and for military, those four high-ranking military people to be freaked out about something, for, you know, them t- sending and paying all the money to have MRIs done on the individual's brains, that, that just, it, it, it's, it's not like we were sick or anything. So why are you spending all this money? There's obviously something going on. It's almost like we were the guinea pigs. They were they were testing us. It's what it seems like. You know what I mean? Like they were examining us. Is what it feels like. Like we were the, the test dummies here. Like I don't know. Like if they have some new military thing they're using out there, and they wanted to see how it affects people. I don't know. Like, so are you suggesting here like. that maybe you were? Hired not so much to provide security, but to be a lab rat. Right. Exactly. exactly. Did, they, did they do similar experiments on or uh, tests on the dogs? What's that? Do you know Good if they question. did similar tests on the dogs that you guys carried? Uh, no, not not while I was there. They didn't do any any tests on the animals. They, you just had to take an animal with you, and. Uh, you know, if they acted weird or, you know, like I said, they laid down and stuff, then you start taking pictures. But other than that, they didn't do anything, to my knowledge, with the animals. Well, at least they cared about the people, I hope. Oh, yeah. But you don't know if anybody coming down with any illness or ailment as a result of this. Uh, no, no, I, I don't know of anybody 
getting sick or having anything wrong with them, but it's just normal people don't just spend their money to send random individuals to get brain MRIs done and, and all this and then pay somebody to sit at a ranch, you know, and, and yeah. do all this stuff that you had us doing. It, it's just not normal. So let me ask you a quick question here, just a quick question, Chip. And that is here, you were there for just a number of weeks, and that was it. Was that the intent yeah. to hire you for a short-duration gig, and that's all? Well, they, they got rid of everybody. They, uh, they did a mass hire, and uh, not just the guards. They hired investigators. They hired um, doctors. They had all sorts of, like, uh, like doctors, I mean, by, like, nuclear physics and all that. They had several people they hired. I, I, the building that they had in Las Vegas probably had about 50, 50 to 60 people at the peak of their hiring. Now, so, you're not saying, and I'm not going to ask you to be too specific, but roughly how many years ago was this? Um, 2009. Okay, so just three years ago. 2009, yeah, 2009, 2010. They laid everybody off in 2010. Did they give any reason everybody. or just say, that's it, you're finished, goodbye? They, they said we lost our contract. And I actually saw some paperwork out at the office in Las Vegas there. They were actually under contract by the government. All, our, all of our pay, everything, oh, we were getting Oh, wait a minute, paid. wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold oh, on. Which, oh. which branch of government? Or what NSA. agency? NSA yes. was was covering paychecks and payroll for personnel monitoring. This is right. forever. This All right, yeah, now, Chip, I'm going to ask you a really serious question here, and understand it's done because it's the kind of thing we have to ask. And that is, if we asked you to prove in some fashion, and it could be for our eyes only, for your eyes only, like the song, just for us to see, prove that you were actually employed by these people, would you be prepared to show that evidence? Yes. Okay. So maybe we can work that out and report back to our listeners. Are, are, you, are you talking about by um, the NSA or by... Whatever that. documentation well, you have that you can show us, in confidence, it's fine, yeah. to demonstrate okay. that you actually work for the Sherman Ranch or... For, uh, uh, Gene, whatever. let me cut to the chase here a little bit. Uh, we've already kind of gone through that whole thing and okay. uh, based on my amateur uh, opinion, uh, he's already done that. Okay, so you'll vouch for his statements about being employed by these people? Uh, employed? I don't know, but uh, let's just put it this way, um, he wouldn't have been invited on the show unless he'd already established his bona fides and credentials. We're talking to Chip, the Sherman Ranch Insider. We have Ryan Skinner and David Weatherly with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. 
Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time.
Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have the Sherman Ranch Insider. His name is Chip. And we have David Weatherly. We have Ryan Skinner. Any other questions of Chip? David? That was quite a bombshell that he dropped on us there. So, uh, <laughs> You're gobsmacked. I'm a little bit speechless at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was news to me, too, there, Chipper. Uh, man. Um, I have heard rumors uh, over the years that there has been government involvement up there. To my knowledge, you're the first person to ever come forward and say, yeah, uh, not only was there government, government involvement, but it was a particular non-such agency that was involved. Um, it, well, David, uh, what do you think? I mean, a mass hiring and then a mass firing? It, it, Chip, I have a question for you. Did you hear about some sort of appearance of this dog man? Just up the road in Fort Duchesne, uh, I think it was in the late fall of 2009, right about the time that you were involved up there? Yes, I, I heard something about it. Um, we didn't go out there. They had uh, investigators that uh, most of the time, all they did was sit at their desk in Las Vegas and play, you know, spades and solitaire. But um, anytime there was something that happened, they would go out and uh, and handle it. And uh, they went out there and did it, but uh, I don't know what came of it or anything. I just know they went out there, they took a bunch of pictures, they did a mold, you know, like uh, one of those plaster mold things. I didn't see it. I know they did it. That's that's about all I got from it. And, um, and they this didn't was really all tell related us. to the dogman sighting? The, to the dogman sighting, yeah. They, they were all out there. And um, I know one other time there was, Another sighting, it wasn't out in Utah, it was actually out in New Mexico. There was some sighting of uh, some some light, and they all, they actually scrambled all the investigators and sent every single one of them out there that day that they found out about it. But they would only do it if they had multiple calls. You know, obviously, not just one person saying, hey, uh, I saw this sheep cross the road. You know, they're not just going to send anybody out there. But I guess they had multiple witnesses to this light or whatever they saw, and they sent all of the investigators out there. Usually they would only send two, but they sent all of them out there. They went and bought rental car. They went and got rental cars and then drove out that night. Where in New Mexico this was? Uh, I'm not sure. It was over by Albuquerque, but it wasn't in Albuquerque. So I, I don't know the exact place, but I know it was over near Albuquerque is where they were going. Well, so, I, I've, but, uh, I've got some, some questions from, uh, from the Paracast Forum. We have uh, quite an elaborate uh, group of very up-to-speed individuals that post at forum.theparacast.com. And as you can uh, imagine, there's been quite a bit of interest in the show, and, and there's no way that we're going to be able to get to all the questions. But um, here's a question for you, David. Uh, has anyone had the opportunity to speak with the Sherman family in recent years? And if so, have any of the family members experienced anything out of the ordinary since leaving the ranch. Now, you and I talked uh, recently that uh, Gwen Sherman is actually still in the area. Um, has she mentioned any sort of blowback, psychic or paranormal blowback about her experiences there? How, how, how's she doing? You know, not that I've heard recently. Uh, Ryan might have some input on that since he's, he's been up there in, in recent months. Uh, have you heard anything about that, Ryan? 
I have, uh, interestingly enough, I posed that exact question to her, and uh, the answer was, since moving off the ranch, you know, one of her concerns was, was that the phenomena would follow them. And uh, my understanding and her response is that it has not. It, it, it's affected her. It's, it's changed their families' lives permanently. It's something they'll never forget. But it, it, my understanding is it, it is not something that has followed the family. It, is, it, it seems to be rooted at the ranch or anchored to it. Here's a question uh, for Chip. With the release of the Hunt for the Skinwalker book in 2005 uh, that really exposed uh, the ranch to, you know, quite a bit of public scrutiny, did you find uh, a lot of people attempting to sneak onto the ranch? I mean, some of the uh, stories that I've heard is that security personnel have really (laughs) been run ragged by people uh, on weekends, you know, drinking beer and trying to sneak onto the ranch and that sort of thing. Uh, how would you describe the interest uh, by outsiders and how it related to your job? There, everybody was trying to get on the ranch. It, it was more so on the weekends. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of younger kids um, would come out there. They they bring their girlfriends up there too. You know, drive them up to the gate, turn off their lights, and you know, try to scare them and you know, get up all close to them. You know, trying to you know be a boy, you know, do their thing. But um, there, there's a lot of people that, that tried to get on the ranch. Um, people drinking, too. Um, I, I think the more so drinking is, you know, because there, there's a lot of hype about the ranch, so they're scared. So you're going to drink. And, um, you know, and when you drink, you loosen up more. So you're more, um, what's the word? Um, I don't know if acceptable, but uh, you you're more inclined to take something in and actually look at it instead of brush it off. You know, when you're drinking, you, you actually, you'll analyze stuff. And at least when I drink, I analyze stuff. So, but there was a lot of people that, you know, got on the ranch and they would, uh, they would give us some chase sometimes. And, uh, you know, at times I, I would chase them when I was bored or I was cold because it was really cold out there. But, uh, other times if they were, if they were way out there or whatever, I just, you know, let them do their thing. They're not. They're not hurting anything. It's not like they're coming on the ranch to to graffiti and steal stuff. It, they just want to have fun, you know, and experience it. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. But there was a lot of people, for sure, especially like on the weekends. I got an interesting story about that from a local. You guys there? By all means. Yeah. Yeah. One of the locals I spoke with who lives pretty close to the ranch. Uh, definitely not one of the. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise anything even remotely near what he had done. Um, and I was pretty shocked to hear the story. I don't even know if it's true, but uh, he told me he had driven out to the gate, and uh, I think he was drinking or something. And uh, he hooked a chain up to the back of his car, wrapped it around the gate, and actually, <laughs> actually peeled out and ripped the gate off the hinge. I, I really don't understand the point of that or why anyone would do that. Well, sense. that would explain why they have the big concrete dividers that make you zigzag before you get to yeah. the gate. Now, now they have like a military uh, barricade. Uh, you know, they have pylons and everything else in front of the gate, just like you would at a, at a checkpoint in uh, Afghanistan or something, um, in front of the gate on, on a public road, even more interesting. But it's because of, I think it's because of what this person had done. Well, what's interesting, he said after he had done that, he uh, released the, the chain and started to take off. And what surprised him, and the only reason I tell this story is because he said suddenly a helicopter came up from over the hill and started pursuing his car. 
Now, again, I don't know if this story is hearsay or, you know, if the guy's just giving me a load of whatever. And it wasn't but, a black uh, helicopter, was it? It was a black helicopter, but he oh. said it was a small one. It wasn't a very large one. And it, it pursued his car all the way to the highway, at which point it suddenly turned around. Now, what's really interesting about that is, is for a helicopter just to come out of nowhere like that, it means it has to be prepped and fueled and a pilot waiting. That kind of instantaneous response is indicative of something larger going on out there, in my opinion. I have an inter- interesting question here from uh, Steve C., who's been a member of the Paracast Forum since uh, November 2011. And he, like a bunch of people, has quite a number of questions. But I want to ask this one. I, I think it's an interesting one. Chip, did Bigelow's uh, team up there ever find any sort of bugging devices or monitoring devices in the home or in the surrounding area around the home on the ranch? Did you ever encounter any sort of, like, unknown electronic equipment that uh, didn't seem to be part of your particular routine? No, I, I didn't encounter anything that I didn't know was already there. How many cameras do they have set up there, to your knowledge? None. So there's no video the while- cameras monitoring the ranch. None, none whatsoever. There is all now. the there's uh, the posts that they have up with the uh, little deals that look like there's a video camera in it. There's nothing in it. There's not even wires <laughs> ran to them. <laughs> so it's like one of those fake security camera enclosures that you yeah. can buy online for like five dollars just to make it seem like there's a camera. Yeah, it, it, it's a placebo, basically. You know, placebo effects what they're doing, but uh. I, I, at one point, I believe they did have the cameras hooked up. Um, well, there's the famous story of when, the one camera observing the other camera when it uh, had all the wires jerked out, and when they looked at the image yeah. of the camera observing it, they they didn't see anything. They just saw the light blink yeah. out, and that was it. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they're not. They're not hooked up at all anymore. Nothing. They don't even have like they have the old, old little bitty like five inch screen monitors that are inside the trailer. But they're just thrown in the closet. There's no wires ran, nothing. Just just a junk pile now. Okay, this is Low Tech. We have Chip joining us with David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Four more segments. We're talking to the Sherman Ranch Insider. His name is Chip, or at least that's the name he'll be known by on the show. We have David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner, both investigators, and Christopher O'Brien, who does... Lots of stuff, right, Chris? I've been known to do a thing or two. We've got some more questions to plow through. Oh, man, do we? Uh, we've answered a bunch of them, but um, here's one that's interesting, and I think it should go to Chip first, and then, and then let's um, dovetail off to Ryan. Can anyone expand on why some people seem to get a positive vibe at the ranch, whereas many others seem to experience, if not mal- malevolence, then pretty na- nasty, tricksterish behavior? Are there any theories that you guys are aware of as why this might be happening in terms of what NIDS, uh, their thinking is? or I mean, how does that strike you? You mentioned uh, the hair standing up on your neck, dogs rolling over and, and being submissive. Did you ever get any real feelings of terror or elation, euphoria, that sort of thing, Chip? Not, not really. Just like I said, like the, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck, the dogs would roll over. Um, you know, there would be a few times where I just felt, like, sick to my stomach. I'd be walking, and it's not like I ate any, like, heavy set, like, a bunch of Mexican food or anything. I, I just, I felt fine, and I'd be walking, and then it kind of almost felt like you yeah, got punched, but not, not that extreme, just, like, sick, like, you're going to, like, crap yourself almost, you know? But I didn't eat anything bad, so it wasn't, like, a food poisoning type thing. And then um, stand there for a minute and be like, Whoo! and uh, walk a little bit more, and it would go away. But it's just, I had that happen to me a few times out there, and it was, and a couple of the other guards had the same thing where they just felt sick to their stomach. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how to explain that. I, there's, you know, and it's not like, like I said, it was food poisoning. It's, uh, it's happening to multiple guards and all that. It's, it's something going on. There's some type of energy or something, something different that, you know, the regular American populace does not know about, doesn't have a clue about, that I don't have a clue about. I was even there. Um, definitely unexplainable, but extraordinary. But uh, I'm going to have to get off here, guys. I, I'm still working, so I got, I got, I'm at my next call here. So. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been uh, actually quite historic. You're the first person ever directly involved with that particular operation up there to come forward in the public uh, arena 
and uh, be willing to talk about their experiences. We'd love to have you on for a follow-up show at some point, Chip. We really appreciate you coming on to the Paracast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anytime you guys want to want to have me on, I'll, I'll be your huckleberry. Just uh, give me a little bit of a heads up, and if we can try, um, you know, shoot for a little later, like weekend or like a Friday Friday night, and we can 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 talk about it or whatever. That way, I'm I'm not interrupted with work. We are really grateful to have you on the show and to listen to your insights. As somebody who was there, thank you very much for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you for having me. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Chip. He's a Sherman Ranch insider. He says that he worked there in security from parts of 2009 and 2010. And now he has gone off into the ether. Yeah, and let's hope a man in black doesn't show up with a uh, a Budget Suites hotel ID badge. Oh, we can't have one of those happening. <laughs> okay, we've got tons and tons and tons. Did I say tons? Tons of questions of our remaining guests, David Weatherly. And Ryan Skinner, Chris, let's move. I wanted to add to the the sure. emotional connection regarding. Yeah, this. yeah. Let's. Uh, I, I wanted actually to get feedback from both Ryan and David on that let's because they've both first, been up yes. there. Yeah, it really is a fascinating topic. And this is uh, not again, somebody I'm, either of you have ever known. Pardon? You don't know Chip at all. Neither of you. No, I probably no. wouldn't want to. <laughs> but I did want to comment on the emotional connection to the ranch. Um, again, I'm I'm as far as you can, can be, almost as far as you can be from the ranch, and uh, it, it does have some sort of almost emotional elation uh, being out on the property. There, there is a an elation, a, an excitement, um, a mystery every time you're out there. Something about the region, and specifically that area. That is this I a experience. euphoria type of feeling? Euphoria. Yes, okay. A manic euphoria. I mean, obsessive Whoa. almost. This is so it's not a feeling of never... dread. It's the opposite. I, the kind I'm of going to lead into that. <laughs> There's a whole plethora of, of emotions that go through uh, go through the experience of one out there. But uh, just just being in that land prior to the, prior to the night uh, coming on, just absolute euphoria. And I've seen other investigators experience the same sort of... Uh, manic high, if you will, uh, from being on the property. Uh, we don't know specifically what to uh, relate that to or, or where it's coming from, but there is an, an emotional anomaly, I guess, uh, versus every other uh, location or hotspot that I visited. Now, that also can change dramatically, uh, shift gears to the, the opposite emotional reaction of uh, fear, panic, and sheer terror out there. I remember one incident where I was observing things at the ranch and I uh, was with a group of investigators and me coming from so far away. I mean, these guys were local. They wanted to go home early. It's, it, it, it's a financial toll for me to come out there. So I wanted to stick around a little bit later. And now I'm uh, miles deep into the desert alone by myself, which, which I'm still perfectly fine uh, still riding that high, having a great time. And as they leave, uh, suddenly I'm out there another half hour. I decide to pack up. Nothing's happening. There's nothing to observe. So I pack my gear, start walking back towards, uh, base camp. And as I'm walking back, a light, uh, a ball of light pops up over one of these ridge lines. And that's exactly why I'm there. I'm there to document it. 
I, I want to experience it. I want to be a part of it. I want to find out how this relates to to us in general. Is this military? Just, just I want the truth and the answers. And suddenly I grabbed for my camera like I've always done. And instead of grabbing my camera, I, I, this intense fear overcomes uh, my whole body. And uh, rather than filming it, I end up dropping my camera on the ground, shattering it to pieces, and running in a in an absolute state of panic. And uh, I'm ripping my clothes. I'm jumping over boulders. I, I almost, I, I get the impression that I'm actually not just running for some unknown reason. I'm running for my life at this point. And this this light is now uh, floating over this ridge line, coming directly towards me. And uh, long story long story short, I'm ducking, leaving, and running it uh, as fast as I can possibly go. And uh, the light is slowly coming towards me. And it, it eventually winks out. I make it back to base camp. But I noticed that, that state of raw terror and panic. I, I've never experienced that in my life. And nobody will really know um, how they're going to react to the unknown until they've experienced it firsthand. <laughs> oh, boy. Which I've done in the past on the ranch. This was completely different. It was almost as if whatever it was had an emotional reaction that it, it created within me. And I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah, and, you're, and lucky, you're lucky it didn't traumatized. break a leg. Uh, running through that yeah. environment at night with a flashlight, boy, I can tell you that is not. That's not the best place to do that. I was afraid it would know where I was at had I turned the flashlight on, so I left the light off. So it was even more. Uh, this is just like one of the horror movies, like a paranormal activity kind of movie. I know yeah. we can get the UFO hunters from chasing UFOs. We get the night vision goggles. And we send them over there and see if they yep. don't get thrown out. We'll, we'll chain James Fox to the gate yes. all night. And we'll have that lipstick cam monitoring his every facial response. <sighs> all right. Sorry, Gene. I couldn't resist. I like James. I, I, I feel for him. Ryan, you mentioned a really interesting, uh, very close proximity encounter that you had that uh, – that really defies uh, belief, um, although having done the amount of research that I've done and David has done up there, it, it, your experience uh, doesn't surprise me. It has to do with one of the, uh, the more celebrated um, forms that have been seen up there, and that's a giant wolf. Do you want to describe that event for us? But you'll have to do it in our next segment because this is what we call the cliffhanger. This is where we drive up the anticipation of some great discussions coming. Our guests will also answer more of your messages. We're talking with David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out, asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SCENE1, S-E-E-N number 1, SCENE1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. 
purchase this summer's hottest as seen on TV items save 10% or call 1-866-277-3366 1-866-277-3366 the code seen1 to save 10%. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, August 31st, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1660.60. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 170197, 85099 for a half ounce, or 425.49 for a quarter ounce. That's 170197, 85099, and 425.49. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why bank stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, we'll hear that description. What Chris asked for. We have Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, Ryan Skinner, David Weatherly, and we are waiting for the answer. Chapter 10. Prior to this interview, I wrote down just a, almost a, a book worth of 
different experiences. And what's interesting is the majority of them parallel a lot of the experiences that occurred in the book. Um, however, there was one, one experience which stood up from the others as being a, perhaps a lot closer, a close encounter that I, I prefer to stand back and observe and not being part of the, being observed myself. Uh, on this particular day, I was supposed to head back to Wisconsin, and uh, I missed my flight. So, interestingly enough, I decided to go back to the ranch, of course. I'm going to be there an extra night. And uh, as we're walking up, uh, it's about twilight at this point. I'm with another researcher, and uh, as w- which we've done many times. We walk up the ridge, and we look down into the ranch um, and wait for something to happen. However, in this, this particular incident, we look down into the ridge, and instead of just seeing the ranch property and uh, perhaps the guards walking around, we see uh, about eight balls of light. They're floating in air both above the ranch and in the field, uh, just hovering around. So we snap right back into the reason we're there, which is to document research and start videotaping everything we possibly can. And this is going on for a good 20 minutes. I mean, we have the most amazing video. I'm, I'm fully convinced at this point that you know, when I bring this, when I share this on YouTube or wherever we put it, People aren't going to have any doubt in their mind other than maybe a computer CGI animation or something that this is the real deal. And we finally captured whatever's going on out there in clear light because there's still light outside. Um, these balls of light, then, I remember they flew up to, there's like a transformer on the property. And uh, I think two of the lights flew up near that transformer and they knocked out the power to the, to the ranch. And once that had happened, the guard came out of there uh, they have a little guard trailer on the property. They came out of the trailer and started looking around trying to figure out what just had happened. Now, what surprised me the most about this was not just the balls of light and everything else, was as the guards were walking around, um, several of these balls of light would come directly behind the guards as if as if the guards had no idea that these things were directly behind them, and that, that only us as the observer could witness um, what was happening and that they were either clueless or working together with uh, with these balls of light, which, after speaking with Pip, it doesn't sound like that's the case. I, I, again, I'm just uh, fascinated. I can't wait to, uh, I don't want to say expose this, but I can't wait to bring it to, uh, to light to everyone else to show what's going on. And suddenly, three of the balls of light, we're, we're now a good half, half mile away observing everything, completely hidden. Nobody could see us, even with uh, night vision thermal. We're too far away and well too far hidden. Suddenly, three of these balls of light detach from the group as they're coming our direction. And as they're slowly approaching, they'll, they'll blink on real bright, and then they'll dim down to nothing. And once they dim down to nothing, we have uh, some pretty advanced uh, optics where we're, we're looking at them, uh, we're scrutinizing each one. And as they dim down to nothing, there really is nothing there. There's, there's no structure. There's no mechanical device behind this. And they're coming closer and closer. Uh, again, we're pretty high on the ridge, and I'm just assuming, hope, or kind of hoping that they're just going to pass by. Uh, they dim out again. You don't see them for a little bit, about five minutes passes, and suddenly directly over our heads, three of these basketball-like orange and yellow lights beam a light directly down on our position. And I, I would assume if, if, if I could throw a rock or even jump pretty high, I could have uh, touched one of these, is, is how close they were to us. At that point, I knew uh, we were no longer the observers. Again, we were being observed, and whatever it was, was very aware of where we were in our location. I got a little nervous at that point. Uh, part of part of doing the recon out there is 
being uh, being illegal distance away from the ranch property, and also not uh, incurring any kind of problems or interacting directly with it. And uh, suddenly, we're, we're ducking down behind a rock at this point. Whatever it is, I'm kind of hoping it's just going to pass by, and it doesn't. It, it lands uh, roughly about 10 or 15 feet right in front of us on the ground and flashes this intense green and yellow light on the rock wall right behind us, lighting up the whole wall. And I realized at this point, what I've been looking for for all this time is I'm no longer going to see at a distance. It's going to be, I mean, it's right there. It, it's coming up right now, and I'm going to see it. I don't, and I don't know if I'm prepared to see it, to tell you the truth. Well, whether I am or not, it's coming. So I peek up over the rock wall, and what, what I see is the light is gone at this point. We see this black, swirling, thick mist. Uh, smoke is how I would describe it. But, but the smoke is, is translucent and it has no substance. But what we saw was like a smoke with a, with a body almost, as if like a gelatin smoke, like moving through the air that coalesced into the shape of a wolf, which is now standing, uh, approaches us and stands now five feet away from us, staring us directly in the eye. This is a regular wolf, not a two-legged wolf. Uh, it, it's not, yeah, it, it is on four legs. It, it's not standing up. Uh, there's no communication between the wolf and ourselves. It's a very large wolf with a long, bushy tail is the one thing I remember. And it was kind of matted and dirty. And uh, I guess uh, the two of us just absolutely shocked. Just complete, I mean, all of the, the stories going through my mind, everything I'm expecting to happen, uh, you know, I didn't know if an alien was going to approach or a military person. or I, I had no idea. But uh, <laughs> it was the last thing I was expecting was... was a wolf to be sitting right in front of me. I have no idea how to react next. Do I run? Do I attack? Do I pray to God? I, I didn't know what to do, so we, we just froze and panicked. So give us a, a, an approximate distance away from you. I mean, how, how far I, away was this this uh, this shadowy the ball, of light, the ball of light landed about 15 feet from us. Uh, the wolf approached within five feet. I could have reached over and touched it. Too close. Way too close. And for... A good uh, three minutes, it stood there and uh, simply observed us. It didn't, uh, it didn't growl or display any aggressive behavior, and it absolutely did not display any behavior of fear or anything else that you would expect out of a, a wild animal seen to humans. Okay, fast question here. Did you see anything unusual about it, like glowing eyes or something like that? That's a good question. Uh, no, I did not. No, We were trying to communicate with it. I remember that. I remember that specifically. There was no communication. There was no glowing eyes. Um, nothing. I, I, I'd like the story to be more dramatic, but there really was nothing that paranormal about the wolf itself other than the sheer size of it and its dramatic entrance. Um, it also... That kind of dovetails into a question from Ward, who's been a long-time uh, member of the forum at the forum.theparacast.com. And he asks, the emotion of fear over and over comes up in this case. Not just fear of the unknown, but artificially generated fear in the form of what George Knapp called the blue meanies, those glowing blue lights that elicit unnatural fear in the witnesses. The phenomenon seems to thrive on an atmosphere of fear. Could this be one of the primary reasons for these events, is to harvest fear from whomever may be in the area? I mean, based on your description here, it sounds like your fear may have been somehow generating the actual manifestation of the phenomenon right in front of you. What do, what do you think of that? 
And we'll find his answer in a moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com the worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious long-term storable foods. The fact is you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Here it is, another election year. And here you are again wishing you knew more about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the other amendments, and the Declaration of Independence. But who has the time to study? Wouldn't it be nice if you could simply listen to them? And wouldn't it be great if they came packaged with an index? Yep, an index that lets you go to any part of the founding documents just by punching in a track number on your computer or CD player. What exactly is the Ninth Amendment? Track 10, play. It's that simple. The Founding Documents Collection on Audio CD. 
To get yours now, just go to Amazon.com and type in Founding Documents Collection CD. For just $19.95 and $3.99 shipping and handling, you'll have the firepower you need to argue from the ultimate facts that form our nation's foundation. Want to be a hero? Get one for you and give another to your local school for Constitution Day. Go to Amazon.com now and type in Founding Documents Collection CD. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, David Weatherly, Ryan Skinner, and now the answer about the fear. It's a hard question to answer because prior to, again, it's, it's the emotional roller coaster. If there's a feeding process from whatever this is, or, or a military application, one of the two, um, there's an emotional roller coaster going on. I mean, as we're witnessing the events prior to it being right in front of our face, uh, there's no fear. It's quite the opposite. I mean, elation, and we're both happy and high-fiving each other. I and mean, this is this is what we put our necks out on the line for all the time. And finally, I mean, this is definitive proof that we're looking at versus it standing directly in front of us. There, There is an element of dramatic fear that uh, perhaps it is feeding off of or promoting for unknown reasons. So, so you don't think that your emotional response was somehow symbiotically involved with the manifestation of the event? It seemed to be separate from what you were experiencing. In this case with the wolf, I don't think emotions were necessarily uh, played a role in it. However, with my earlier story regarding the light, uh, when I was left alone and was walking back and the, the ball of light uh, appeared over the ridge line, I, I believe that was an artificial um, amount of fear that was projected into me. That's my that's my absolute personal impression. I mean, weeks after that, every time I would see a flashing light at a at a work zone as I was driving by, I'd go into a state of panic almost. Yeah, I think there, there may have been a biological and emotional connection with. That. I want to mention you guys is, is yeah, the video that we captured. The video that we captured. I mean, this, this was dynamite stuff. This this is what we lived for. Um, that video was not only erased. It was as if it never happened. The timeline, as if it never even was recorded. And we had two separate investigators, both videotaping at that time. You're saying erased. How were they erased? Erased isn't the right word. It's as if the timeline, as if that time period had never existed on the camera. Okay, so if you open in a video editor, a video, yeah. and you see a timeline, which is basically it shows seven minutes into the video, this is what happened, 18 minutes, this is what happened. And like the 18-minute gap... With yeah. Richard Nixon, you had a gap where the stuff you took was no longer in the timeline. That's exactly what I'm saying. Which I hate when that happens, and boy, it happens. I, I just and that, that complicates things as, as a researcher because it dramatically complicates things. You don't I, know if I, you need a lead mine your equipment or what. How is this being manipulated? Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say I was up in Jerome, Arizona, doing a documentary on haunted sites and was walking down a long hallway with no one in the hallway but me looking at a $22,000 3D video camera with the red light on pointed at me as I'm walking down the hallway and behind the camera was a big mirror so I could see myself. As I approached the camera, something leaned out from the wall and looked at me. It was like a shadow person, just the upper part of, of a torso, you know, the shoulders and head. And, you know, it, it kind of I was taken aback for an instant and then realized, oh, my God, we just filmed a ghost. And I turned around and dashed back thinking that 
possibly it was somebody, you know, opening up the hotel room door and looking out to see who just walked by. And the nearest door was 12 feet from where the figure appeared. And wouldn't you know it, that particular seven-minute stretch of footage of just the camera pointing down the hallway was never initialized into the camera. Now, we're talking a brand-new $22,000 Panasonic 3D video camera. We're not talking thought, here, folks, about sure, sure. the iPhone camera. We're talking about heavy-duty professional stuff. Yeah, yeah this, this is, you know, we're talking... Not uh, only that, we have two separate cameras, which statistically and numerically makes this right. even more improbable. Well, yeah, when we, we flew over the Bradshaw Ranch with the History Channel uh, for a UFO Hunters uh, segment on the Bradshaw Ranch, uh, all the batteries for all the cameras and audio devices failed. I've had the same thing happen at Bradshaw myself with batteries. I never, never erased video, but batteries completely got drained on us. Well, well, David, here's a question for you. Uh, this comes from SRL, who's a um, again another longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com, and he's interested in an associate of Mister Bigelow's uh, allegedly purchasing property, as he relates it, above the ranch. But David, have you heard of any other property uh, that has been somehow you know bought up by somebody that uh, is affiliated with Bigelow? You know, I've heard rumors of that. I, I heard rumors some time back that Bigelow himself was trying to buy more of the adjacent land. It's just sort of the nature of that region that, you know, as Ryan pointed out earlier when he was talking about some of the myths associated with the, the ranch and the the Uinta Basin itself. Uh, we look at an area like this and we've got incredible stories and accounts, and then we also have tons of other things thrown into the mix that it's just really hard to you know, substantiate the truth of. I haven't heard that anything has definitely been purchased in that region. I don't know whether Ryan has heard anything different, but but that's that's my latest information. Wouldn't you actually have to check the records in the county in that area to see exactly what may or may not have been purchased? Yeah, I think you would have to. So unless somebody goes there and makes the effort. Yeah, give me a budget, Gene. I'll I'll, uh, (laughs) suss it out for you. Well, you don't want from Robert Bigelow because we never hear from it again. We might not ever hear from you again. Well, what do you guys think about uh, about Bigelow? I mean, we've we've been skirting around the uh, the Biggie issue here uh, the whole show. David, let's start with you. I mean, why do you think Bigelow has spent incredible amounts of money to monitor this particular location? Do you have any sense of what his possible motivations might be? And do you think that there's enough going on that would legitimize his continued uh, interest in the area? You know, I, I can't tell you what drives him personally, Chris. It, it's obvious that he has uh, an intense personal interest in UFOs and paranormal phenomena in general. I, I mean, his his history with this goes back before the ranch. We know he was... Uh, you know, he financed Stanton Friedman to investigate what was the corona crash. And, uh, you know, he, he's had his hand in things for a lot of years now. Um, it's a shame that somebody with those kind of resources is, is not willing to make this sort of an open source project so we can utilize this data. I mean, he's, he's so incredibly secretive, like we heard from Chip, you know, these, uh, these strange maneuvers of hiring a large number of people and suddenly firing them after a period of time. And uh, it's, it's just all very shadowy. And, you know, now we have this new information that there was financing from the federal government. So uh, it's, it's pretty compelling. Uh, you know, combine that with the 
work that you did recently when, well, both of you guys went up and filmed for Conspiracy Theory, and the latest I've heard on that is that uh, they just won't run this season of Conspiracy Theory. Now, the Why, show was in Japan. Wait a minute, they won't run the season because well, it's, the it's been put on, on hiatus. It was a top-rated show for the, you know, true TV. Yeah. Yeah, everything we filmed is, is being uh, edited right now by a third party, and they're considering not even airing it at all, is, is what I've heard from Jesse and from the producers. Okay, let me well, ask you a fast question here. Was With Robert Bigelow, does he have a PR person, or do you have to contact him directly and say, hey, why can't you give out any information? Does he have a specific official statement about this stuff? Oh, no. Well, I mean, this is about dollars and cents. Robert Robert Bigelow is not obliged to, to reveal anything to us. He, he's operating as a, as a private entity, as a private No, we understand who, he doesn't have any obligation to do anything. As long as he follows he, the law, he can do what the heck he wants as long as everything he does is lawful. I think what he's gained from this translates to dollars and cents. And he has a uh, BAS, which is the new uh, NIDS, has now become uh, under the entity of BAS. Uh, is a subcategory of Bigelow Aerospace. It's a subgroup of Bigelow Aerospace, and Bigelow Aerospace is, is doing uh, space ter- space uh, tourism ter- tourism right now. Um, and I believe uh, I don't know. I I really don't know. I, I but I do know this is translating into dollars for him. And and what he's gleaning from this is either it's got to be possibly larger than just a personal interest, or or maybe it's not. Well, well certainly it's his money. He can do whatever he wants with it. And well, he may we be. Wait but a we'll minute, Gene. That, Gene, we're we're not. You know, we're talking NSA and, I mean, well, Chip's sure. revelations about uh, government interest. You know, does kind of call into question Bigelow's uh, proprietary interest there. Maybe he's just a cutout. Maybe he's uh, just somebody who's been hired an independent contractor. We've got more to say. We have David Weatherly, Ryan Skinner with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Radio Advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. 
How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop, creative radio ads, very affordable rates, millions of potential customers, and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And you customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, liquid CalMag vitamin D and organic iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Super 2, Natural Laxative, our exceptional product Conixin, Memory Power, and Super Male and Femplex, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. Also get 10% off on the Herbal Healer Academy Survival Course, information that might save your life. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So what's the story of Robert Bigelow? Is he just a private contractor working for the NSA and therefore doing this stuff and grabbing the information and sending it on to them? We have Ryan Skinner, David Weatherly with Gene and Chris. That was a loaded question. Uh, Is there any other kind? Yeah. Okay, well, it's an interesting loaded question that was raised once Chip dropped the NSA word. Guys, think of that, David. Uh, Let's start with you. I'm still kind of taking that in. You mean the uh, the possibility <laughs> that, that Bigelow is basically working for the NSA? I mean, there have been rumors about this for a long time. And, you know, I'm just not sure where it goes at this point. I, I <laughs> For some reason, there's a lot of government interest in Utah. I mean, my guy, we've got, you know, Dugway Proving Ground, which is almost directly west of, of the Uinta Basin. Uh, you know, we've got this, this huge CIA center that's being built in Utah and 
And for a long time, there have been rumors floating around that the military was somehow involved with uh, things around the ranch. And, you know, there's just a lot, awful lot of pieces of this puzzle to put together. I think that's an understatement. Um, I have heard some rumors of a, a location about 30 miles southwest of the ranch that is even more incredible in terms of the types of phenomenal events that are being um, recorded there. Have any of you heard about Dark Canyon? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, I just recently took a trip to Dark Canyon. Uh, I took a group of uh, researchers with me, and we we went to uh, the Dark Canyon in the southwest, which, according to the book, is the the layer of the Skinwalker. I believe uh, Junior Hicks mentioned this after being told uh, by the local natives, Ute natives, that uh, that was the layer of the Skinwalker. So that, of course, piqued my interest. So you've been replaced by a skinwalker and you're here to disinform us or did anything happen? I mean, what, you know, what's up with that? There's a a problem with that. Um, Dark Canyon, there's three separate dark canyons that reside around skinwalker. There's one to the Northwest, one to the Northeast and one directly to the, I think it's the Southeast is the one you're referring to. And that's the one that we decided to focus on. Um, on our expedition, we went to that dark canyon. Uh, we hiked to the, the very edge of and, and top of that canyon, videotaped the whole thing, and at the very top we found a very strange, what appeared to be a petroglyph in the shape of an oval. I, I have a video on my website and pictures of it. Um, not only was it just a, an oval, strange petroglyph on top of this canyon that there's no evidence that anybody had hiked anywhere near this remote canyon in many, many years, if ever. Um, the, the rock wall was pressed outwards in an oval shape around this inner oval petroglyph in the center. Very, very strange. I have no idea what it was, but we managed to videotape it. And no caves were found, and I'm to this, to this point not even sure if that was the correct uh, dark canyon. One of the three is, is checked off my list. Now, I should just mention here, I tried to look at a list of the world's billionaires. I didn't see Robert Bigelow among them. Hmm. He's been spending a lot of money building those space hotel modules. Well, again, of course, if the corporation he has is financed to the tune of more than a billion dollars, it doesn't reflect on his personal worth. That may be part of it. Yeah, well, uh, to be a millionaire is one thing in this country. To be a billionaire now is something else. Uh, today's billionaire was, you know, 20 years ago, uh, yesterday's millionaire. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, but he does have deep pockets. He has hired some of the top people uh, in the scientific community that are interested in these subjects. I mean, you can start you know, throwing names out like Jacques Vallée and Kit Green, Eric Davis, John Alexander, and uh, people that I've worked with actually within the organization, um, uh, their veterinary pathologist, George Onet, who did some very good papers that were published, uh, much to NID's credit, uh, Cone Kelleher, of course. Um, but we're talking about a ranch that has been there for 16 years under his control, and uh, I'm wondering, 
Do you guys think that this uh, scenario is going to continue on? Do you think we're going to be seeing reports uh, filtering out of the region, not only on the ranch, but in the uh, northern Uinta Basin area? What, what do you guys think? I definitely think we'll continue to see reports. I, I mean, it continues on a regular basis anyway. And uh, I think we're going to see the status quo stay the same uh, with the ranch for the time being. I, I don't think Bigelow has any interest at all in, you know, allowing access or releasing more information from there. So I think we're going to have to rely on, on just collecting data from the region and, you know, people like Ryan who visit the direct area on a regular basis. What about you, like Ryan? Just five months ago, there was a, not a national story, but a statewide story in Fort Duchesne where, where the ranch is located regarding a regarding there, there was a snowstorm and above the snowstorm they saw what appeared to be a giant mothership with lights beaming down on it and uh the ship apparently knocked out power to the whole region and this was witnessed by multiple people so I, again prior to uh, it's going out out there is not it's not diminishing by any means it's becoming more in the public eye and just recently i took a trip out there after visiting star canyon and roughly about 150 feet in front of me in the air, we had a giant blue uh, light appear right at our location that illuminated us. And that had happened, I was just out there roughly about a month and a half ago. So I, I don't know if things are intensifying, but stories of uh, a mothership and and my own personal experience to me uh, leads that we're going to have even more stories in the future that are going to be more fantastic and, and open up our imaginations and enlighten us more to what's really going on in the basin and other hotspots. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that was uh, eloquently stated. You know, we really should contact, like, this fellow Carlos Slim, who's worth $69 billion, and see if he wants to kick in, you know, half a billion for paranormal research. Sign me up, Gene. <laughs> or even Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett's a generous guy. Bill Gates. Why aren't these guys committing some well, of their the, fortune? The thing is, you know, people are underestimating Bigelow as, as being some sort of a foolish paranormal kook or whatever, and I, I, don't, I don't think so whatsoever. I think We're not saying that. We're saying he's probably a pretty smart not guy. Yet who, for reasons best known to himself, doesn't tell you what he's researching and what information he has, maybe because of the NSA connection. Who knows? Absolutely. Let me ask you guys, David Weatherly, tell our listeners where they can check out more of the stuff that you research. best way to find me is my blog, which is twocrowsparanormal.blogspot.com. And that's uh, two crows like the birds spell out the two, T-W-O. There's uh, information posted on there regularly. There's a badge for my Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook. I've got a Twitter feed. And uh, that's really the best resource to find me right now. Ryan Skinner, is there a place we can find more of your stuff? Well, hopefully you'll find me down at the ranch pretty soon. I hope to go down there <laughs> do some more research. But... Uh, Right now, the best way to reach me is through the website, skinwalkerranch, uh, com and .org. Also, uh, hopefully on the exciting show that, that Christopher and myself had filmed together, if that ever comes to light, I'm pretty excited to see that as well. I'm giving that a 50-50 at this point. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. So this whole thing's going to be on the cutting room floor, Chris? 
No, the uh, the episode is is cut and in the can. It's it's a matter of how much influence Bigelow can uh, possibly you know put forward to uh, to keep it uh, you know unbroadcast. I mean, I I don't know other any other way to say it. I mean, the guy has some influence. The season has been done. The segment's been done, and the shows aren't coming out. So uh, you know. Careful, Jesse. Careful of the subjects you tackle. FEMA camps and those sorts of things might get you in trouble. Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of your stuff? Here at the Paracast, forum.theparacast.com, and it is a strange planet. It's ourstrangeplanet.com. And this episode has been not strange, but highly informative. We had the Skinwalker Ranch whistleblower or inside source ship. We've had David Weatherly and Ryan Skinner. Guys, thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thanks a lot, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>